Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. You are listening to the 23 Personnel Podcast, where food and sports clash at the goal line. Here are your hosts, Spencer and Michael. Everybody, welcome back to another episode of the 23 Personnel Podcast. I'm your host, Spencer, joined, as always, by Beatbox and Michael. Hello, everybody. I and put him I on am, the spot. He's I not am not us. taking the bait <laughs> to do any sort of beatboxing. Where'd you come up with that? I don't know, man. Probably the way you were singing along to the intro music. Well, you know. Testing our audio. I like to get in a groove. You guys are really missing out not seeing the live video feed that we don't have. If if we did a video feed of this podcast, one, it would be really entertaining to start, and then, and then a couple minutes in, you're like, what am I doing? Why am I watching this? I'm wasting so much bandwidth watching these two guys talk. But at least, I don't know, it's, you're saving some bandwidth just listening to it, but yeah, yeah. just know you're missing out on Michael dancing, get his groove on to the intro music. Uh, yep. No one will see it. And that's fine with me. So this week, I don't, I don't even know how to get on from that. This week, we're going to talk about basketball, end of the regular season, getting ready for Big 12 tournament and maybe the NCAA tournament. Question, we'll find question out on mark. On Sunday, see how they do on Thursday. We'll talk about baseball because they are still trucking along. I say that, I think, tonight they dropped the game. Yeah, they lost 6-3 to three against <sighs> Mississippi State. So their their win streak ends at 12, 13. I'm not sure. They're 16 and 2 now, right? Or are they Yeah, they're 16 and two. Anyways, yep. they dropped a midweek game tonight over a ranked opponent on the road. It's okay. You can't win every baseball game. You can't be a It's unrealistic to think that you're going to win like Vanderbilt did a couple of years ago and like go 50 and 2, <laughs> whatever it was. The good news is they get to play them again tomorrow. Yeah, a little we'll, revenge. We'll matchup. just see how that goes. But you start conference play this weekend with baseball. Football practice still in full spring, full swing. Oh, that worked out. It did. Um, there's, I, there's, I have one update for football, and it was, it was like a quote that was like a no duh moment. But we'll get to that. Okay. Everybody's favorite segment, Going Yard, your questions, and then what we learned. Before we get into all that, though, if you want to find us, get even more of this scrumptious content on the Twitter, you can follow the podcast at 23Personnel. You can follow me, Spencer, at PuntsSuck, and Michael, at Michael underscore LBK. Instagram, I'm losing steam with all the, the losing games. I'm losing steam on the gram. But oh, you can no. still find us. We're still there. You can still find us. I'm still updating. Search uh, 23 Personnel Podcast. Find us there. You can buy merch and t-shirts from teespring.com slash store slash 23-personnel-podcast. Michael and I will have our shirts in here pretty soon. 
we can show you guys how great it is, let you know, yes, you, you can spend your money and get a good shirt and, and feel good about supporting a Texas Tech podcast. A good one. Sure. There, there, there are other good podcasts out there, but we are, we should be your favorite. <laughs> All right. That was, that, okay, I had no pressure guys. Yeah. No pressure. Um, then somebody that we've actually quoted on this show, uh, for content bullies of Broadway joined the staking the planes team this week, kicked off his, uh, authorship with a, um, pendant article on some pace of play for Chris Beard comparing this year to the previous couple of seasons. If you're unfamiliar with, with, um, bullies of Broadway's content, it is very heavily data driven and I'm here for it. I yeah, love it. I'm all about that too. His name, I don't know if he wants to give out his name, but bullies of Broadway writes now for staking the planes. Obviously you can go check it out. Um, go check his first, uh, I guess he's got two pieces up on Staking the Plains now. Yeah, he had another one go up this morning um, going into Matt Wells' tenure over at Utah State and how, you know, by the numbers, kind of how successful it was. He's already bringing the fire. Yeah. Basketball pace of play, Matt Wells' record at Utah State. Get you some. Yep, and follow him. You may have mentioned it, but I'm not sure. He's on Twitter at Bullies Broadway. That's Bullies, plural, B-U-L-L-I-E-S. Yep, you you find it by searching Bullies of Broadway or just typing in the username Bullies Broadway. Um, and then we're we're lining up to have some guests on the show again. Did some variety. Stop sure. hearing just our two voices. We've got um, actually I I met him through work. Uh, he's got a, a podcast of his own. His name is Cameron Schooley. He was a college basketball player. I think he played at New Mexico New Mexico Military Institute, which is in. Clovis? I was about to say New Mexico. It's in eastern New Mexico. Um, at one point recruited by our man Chris Beard. But he, um, we shot a patient story with him and his family this week. If, if you're interested in seeing all that, check out my work pages at Covenant Children's. <laughs> go ahead and plug that too. Go plug that. Go, go check out the story about his, his sweet little daughter. Um, great things that happened for her. Anyways, he should be joining us, I think, next week. Cameron Schooley, uh, basketball player, super competitive guy, fun guy. He, he does have his own podcast. Um, Only Good Vibes, I think is how you can find it on Spotify and Apple. He's more of a generalistic sports commentator type content. Um, but if you follow him on Twitter, he's all about Texas Tech and uh, has that insight that most fans just don't understand being a former athlete. Anyways, he'll be on the show. We're going to have bullies of Broadway on join us. Dan said he'd be on at one point. So we have to get him back on here going into the postseason for basketball. Anyways, all that good stuff, more people, more voices besides just me and Michael. Michael. Yes. Are you ready though to jump into basketball? I guess. Here comes Stevenson. Spins. Over the top of Bournemouth and a crowd stripped by Owens. Already on the run. Bounce pass. Here's Colbert. Evans. Yes. Game over. 
with a crossover in the line. Owens! Now the shot clock is at three. Mooney spins, fires. Oh, he got it to go! Edwards with a three. Good! What a shot, Kyler Edwards! Ready, double, into three. Goins who puts it down! Already. Odiasi! Crowbars it in! Shot clock down to five. Got the screen. Here's a three. Professional welder Shayna Ford used VR training developed by ForgeFX to hone her skills as a welder. The more time that you spend practicing it, that's what separates a good welder from a great welder. VR training can help students like Shayna repeatedly practice specific skills. Virtual reality definitely helps because the more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Explore more stories like Shayna's at meta.com slash metaverseimpact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast. Culver got the separation. Oh, big shot. Stepping up big time. Dagger. Culver with the dish. Odiassi. And one. He can tie it at the line. That's it. There's a new member of the Final Four Club. And they hail from Lubbock, Texas. All righty. Michael, you just pumped out for postseason basketball. <clears throat> I'm I'm not there yet. I'm working into it. Just working into it. I've still kind of, still kind of got a bad taste in my mouth about how uh, how things went down on Saturday or the last two weeks. <laughs> yeah. Uh, or when we talked about you know Tech maybe winning eight of its final ten oh, games. Oh sure, and they won like three. Yeah, they they. Won two out of seven, their last seven, I think. That's probably our fault. It could be. It's like the broadcasters jinx when they talk about Moretti shooting free throws. Granted, to to Keith Patrick's point, he brought this up on our Slack chat. When is the only like? When are you talking about free throws? Unless that's when the dude is shooting a free throw. You don't bring it up like, oh. But, um, McCullough shooting a free throw. Did you know that Moretti is nearly 95% on the season? <laughs> no. Well, not even, yeah. Uh, oh, there's a steal and he's heading to the bed. By the way. <laughs> Let's take this break. The this, crowd's this going moment. nuts. Rim rattling dunk. And he's just going. You know, Moretti is you know, 89% on the season. appreciate that. You know, the guy that stole that ball, that passed it <laughs> to Shannon up up in the front court. Yeah. All right. Anyways. Um Pretty disappointing end of the season. You lost the last four games, uh, including an overtime game versus Baylor in Waco. Come back on senior day, hosting the number one Kansas Jayhawks. Felt like you had a chance at the game. Back and forth. Um, Kansas was pretty dominant. They looked like a number one team. They uh, looked like they were giving you fits with their size. Especially, yeah, I was about to say, especially defensively. Dope. They, yeah, they looked like a number one team. Um, 
Yeah, and 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 you drop the game on Saturday. You finish the season, the regular season. Um, oh, it was eighteen and thirteen, and nine and nine in Big Twelve play. Yeah. Which I got kind of confused at that. They have you listed at sixth on the Big Twelve standings page, but you are the fifth seed in the tournament. So I'm assuming that that's, I think you hold the tiebreaker. No, because it's weird that though. It's well, that. yeah, I don't know because the the sixth seed is West Virginia, and you split one with you split with them. So I, I don't really know, and they're tied with you. There's a there's a four way nine and nine group. So I'm not sure how we're under Texas either, but because we split them with split one with them. But anyway, and maybe they they look at point spread in those games. Yeah, I don't. I, I don't know how they decided, but on the Big Twelve standings, they have us listed at sixth. But we're obviously a fifth seed in the Big Twelve tourney, so I'm assuming that's technically where Tech landed. Yeah, someone smarter than me figured that out. So over those last two weeks of the season, you dropped from third in the Big Twelve to sixth or fifth, depending where you look at it. Um, the other thing I I, I thought about this when the bumper was playing, but one of the things that uh, Blazer Broadway put in his his post was about the shot selection of this year's team, uh, especially versus Kansas this past weekend. Um, Kansas had like the lane was just full of color for their their shot selection, whereas Texas Tech it was pretty sparse in the lane and there were yeah. a ton of threes. I think they missed. I think it was like what, six of twenty six. They attempted thirty two free uh, thirty two three pointers. Let's look this up. I have the stats in front of me. They were eight of twenty six from three. Yes. Um, you shot thirteen free throws because only two in the first half. You just did not go inside. You did not go at Azubuki. Nope. You, you got him into foul trouble a little bit later. Like there was a stretch in the second half where he was out. Um or maybe it was the first I don't I don't remember exactly when that happened, but you just you weren't very aggressive. Kansas only shot twenty free throws. So it's not like they had a huge disparity, but um you held them. I say held them. They shot twenty three and a half percent from three versus your thirty one percent. They were forty one percent from the field because they were just hitting everything inside the lane. They were dumping down to McCormick, who was in that that highlight reel. That was the ball. That was the player that uh, Moretti stripped before that rim rattling dunk from Culver. Ooh, early yeah. on, but yeah. it, was, it was McCormick. He, he he did really well. That was when the route started, I think. Yeah, he played 11 minutes and had five points. Um, Devin Dotson really quietly had 17 points. It sounded like like everybody was talking about Azubuki, Azubuki. He had 15 points. He had a pretty good day. When I was hoping, you know, you and I were kind of mentioning it last week that Azubuki was, he seemed like he was limited and possibly wouldn't play. You know, it, was it an ankle injury or something mm-hmm. like that? And uh, yeah, yeah, he played twenty nine minutes, six of nine field goals, uh, fifteen points, eleven rebounds. Had a nice little double double on on a sore ankle. Yeah, yeah, he's he's pretty good. He's um he's a presence. I kind of don't blame those guys for not trying to drive on him because I I don't know how well that would have worked out. So Chewa played five minutes again. He played five minutes against Baylor. He started. Uh, I love Big Russ. I, he started against Baylor and only played five minutes. He came off the bench this week. Well, this he started Saturday. both halves against. I think he came out halftime against Baylor too. 
or something. I, I don't know what was what the message was there in Waco, but there was some message when Big Russ started both halves and then he was out in like a minute. He seemed like he played well in that minute. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. I think, I think he had two turnovers and a foul or something coming out of halftime at Baylor. So that may Never not mind. have gone well. <laughs> I, I, I remember, I remember him starting the, the starting the game and playing well then. Yes. And then, yes. And then he was pulled. I was like, well, why? And then he played five minutes against Kansas. I was like, look, we have size inside, but he just, he didn't do as well against Kansas. Granted, he's still, you know, raw, as they say, he's an international player. Um, he's 18, right? Something like that. And I, I don't, I don't know where I'm getting off. I, I got off with this too. And I, I found this through research, looking at the, the roster, Terrence Shannon, TJ Shannon. So he played four years of, of high school ball. And then played a year at IMG Academy in Florida. So even though he's listed currently as a true freshman on the roster, age and experience wise, he's like a sophomore. Which helps his his like, oh, he's, you know, freshman of the you know, all freshman team. I was like, well, he's kind of ahead of the class. Yeah. In terms of experience. It's but, all right. That's oh well. Anyways, um another guy that like Let's see. He's can be really explosive, has a lot of energy, and you just want to see everything kind of come together for him because of what he can do. Are you talking about Shannon? Yeah, man, I know. Uh, I think he did have, I think he did have a fast break dunk uh, against Kansas. That was, I mean, what we've come to expect from Shannon. Pretty awesome. <laughs> yeah, he was goaded into, into two three point attempts. He missed missed them both. Which is it's, it's not his game yet. Maybe it will be, but it's it's not right now. And it, it's so hard, like, to, to knock him for taking those shots because the defense is like he'll get the ball and stand there, and the defense is like, shoot, go for it, do it. <laughs> and everyone's like, shoot. You can hear the crowd telling him to shoot, and he doesn't do it. And then when he does it, you're like, ah, oh, dude, no, let's see why you don't shoot it. <laughs> like, okay, never mind. Um, yeah. So Dobbin Reddy, 18 points. T.J. Holyfield, 11. Those were your only two players in double figures in terms of points. Um, Kevin McCuller and Chris Clark tied for the team lead in rebounds with eight. Um, just, you didn't have, you just didn't have the offensive response you needed, um, to take on a team like this. No, they shut down Ramsey. I mean, in 30 minutes. Well, he's, he's been shut down regularly. Last couple, couple weeks. Couple weeks. Yeah. Uh, 30 minutes. He was two for seven on field goals. Uh, oddly enough, they were both threes, and that was it. He had six points, but which means he missed three two point attempts. I think some of them were like in the lane too. Yeah, I, I, I'm fairly sure at least one of them was, but it was another winnable game. And I think you've got a stat up here that we can talk about. Just how, yeah, let's do that. Let's, how let's, many of let's. these that Tech has lost? Because it sure feels like a lot, doesn't it, Spencer? That Tech has. <laughs> Has has been right in at the end, and then somehow not come out uh, not come out ahead. So on probably on the more positive side, the spin of this Tech has played ten games versus teams that have finished in the top AP the AP top twenty five. Five of those, you know, half of those ten games, five were teams that are currently top eight. Um, I'm missing a number here, but a, n- a number of those games, sorry, the games were decided by an average of four points. So those 10 games, f- average of four points. 
Three of those games went to overtime. Now, unfortunately for Chris Beard and Texas Tech, his record this year in one or two possession games within the final two minutes, he's 2-10. Not great. He's had four games this season alone go to overtime. Lost every single one of them. He yeah. lost the last game. The, that overtime streak stretches back into last season versus Virginia. Oh, oh man. Oh, yeah, and five. Does. That and, hurts. And I, I, don't, I don't know because like this, this is one thing I, I, I'd love to ask like Dan or maybe Cameron. I'd be like, I don't know if it's a coaching thing, if it's a talent thing right now, if it's the guys and their fit within what Chris Beard's wanting to do, but like that kind of record gets people fired. I'm not saying that Chris Beard's on any kind of hot or warm seat. Of course not. But two and ten in close games and zero and four in overtime games will get people fired elsewhere. Yeah, I, I mean we are not. <laughs> we no, are. and again, I'm not saying that he should be fired or even on the like we're, his seat should be warm. We're just saying it's uncharacteristic of a Chris Beard team, according to what we've seen here at Tech, at least, to be that close and and have this kind of talent and and not be able to finish out those games. It it record wise reminds us a lot of his first season where he had a lot of really close games and lost a lot of them, and then his next season went on to the Elite Eight. You look at this this roster and compare it to that year, like this this is way you know far and away the more talented roster, but still getting those same kind of results, which is where I'm like I don't know where it's coming from. Is it like the player the talent fitting into his system or what? And I don't. I don't know enough to say this is a beard problem or this is a Ramsey problem or a Shannon problem or Holyfield or whatever. I kind of think it's a size problem, to be honest with you. I mean, there's there's nobody that down low. Yeah, that, that certainly doesn't help. Who um, can, I mean, and not even defensively, but just bat around an offensive rebound or, or you know, get a... <laughs> Get a foul call. Get try try to get a rebound, and someone shoves you out. I mean, there's just no there's no real presence there, and he's had that on every team, at least in one or two players. You know, Odiase's been on every team he's had uh, until this year, of course. And but he he's not that much bigger than Holyfield in terms should, of length. He played. He plays he, bigger. He was a lot heavier. Yeah, bulkier. I'm not saying he was fat, but he was he was a no, not at all. man. Yeah, no, Odiase, he, he definitely plays bigger than Holyfield does, and he tends to stay at, around the basket more often. Holyfield would, you know, he'll be off on the baseline here and there and be around the, uh, around the top of the key or over by the coaches. But uh, I, think, I think Tech really misses that, and I think Ntombwe was going to help with that. Obviously, he's unable to. I don't know. That that's kind of what I'm leaning on is I'm hoping it's just a personnel issue. Well, see, it, it's not so much Beard's fault cuz he has the guys on the roster but they're either hurt or can't play. That could possibly But also help. if you're talking about holes in the roster, you could also say, well maybe that is a Chris Beard problem. You're right. You're right. And everybody points to Entombley was like, "Well, and I looked it up. He and Holyfield are the same size." So, he's actually Entombley's bigger than I expected him to be. Everybody's like, "Well, and Tom Boy's the size that we need. I was like, he's he's not that big. And I looked up and was like, well, 
he, he and he and Holyfield are both both listed at, at six eight, which which is a a power forward kind of. I mean, it's, it's a sizable like dude. Yeah, but it's not <laughs> it's not a center. It's not. No, it's not. It's not Russ. Yeah, it's who's not seven big Russ. Foot. Yeah, you just wish like things would click for him. Sure, and they might, and maybe it will. He's and, got a full off season to go through, and maybe he's another one. <laughs> yeah, who, who knows? He might be shown the door. Beard's been known to do that to for players that he he doesn't think will fit in another year. Help him get on somewhere else, but I think that's part of it, and. We just got spoiled to having Culver and Evans who could close out games without, uh, you know, whether they took the shot or they took all the heat and then passed to a wide open Moretti or something. It was, it was a different time. Yeah. A so different, a different era. Then looking ahead to the guys that are coming in next season, um, you've got two six seven players coming in, and they're they're super talented guys. Um. But you don't have anybody six nine, six ten, seven foot that you like there there's the guy that we need. And so you would think like he's probably gonna play the transfer market again. Also brings up questions like there aren't enough spots on the roster currently for the three guys that are coming in. So like multiple guys have to be leaving and you have to think, okay, well maybe that's like a Savrasov or a Nadolny. Or possibly a Ramsey, I don't know. Ramsey could be gone. I'd imagine Shannon his, could be gone. I'd imagine Ramsey's draft stock has gone down a little bit in these last couple of weeks, but maybe not. Maybe the, the guys that have evaluated him already have seen what they needed to see, you know? Yeah, I'm not sure. But you've got Namari Burnett that we've talked about a whole lot, the five-star combo guard, 6'3", 185. So very similar to Ramsey. He's a, a one inch shorter and 10 pounds lighter. But then Ramsey's high school teammate, Micah Peavy, 6'7", 175. He's a high, high four-star. And then Chibuzo Agbo uh, from San Diego, 6'7", 215. Also a high four-star. Like The lowest-ranked player is Agbo at number 111 in the country. Then you've got Peavy at 43, Burnett at 26. I'll take it. And then guys like Tyreek Smith and Ntombwe that are red-shirting, that are on the bench, that are... Both six seven and, and above. Tyreek Smith was who I couldn't think of a while ago. He's the one that hurt his ankle right before right before the season started because he played I think in in the Bahamas. I think you're right. He at least made the trip for sure. Um, so yeah, you you you've lost the last four, five of the last seven. Regular season's wrapped up. You're heading into the Big Twelve tournament. Texas Tech kicks off their game their tournament play with the University of Texas. Thursday morning, 11.30 in the morning. Perfect time. That is a perfect time for a basketball game. For a very meaningful basketball game <laughs> to be played in an empty arena in the state of Missouri for who knows why. Because it's central to something. It's close to Kansas is what it Some is. Some people have very strong opinions on this. I I heard this convers I heard a conversation today Tuesday afternoon on the way driving home getting ready for t ball practice of all things, um, that all Big Twelve tournaments should be moved to Dallas. That's pretty central, and it it's there are it is closer to like an Oklahoma and Texas, 
but it doesn't, there's not a home field or home court advantage in Dallas, even for like a, a, a TCU. TCU would have the most say in that, but they're probably the smallest school in the conference in terms of fan base, at least. Yeah. Um, you're not going to say they have a home court advantage when we play in, in, in Dallas, you know, at Arlington or whatever. To me, it makes sense. Um, the flip side of the argument. And so one of the radio guys were talking about like the past 15 years, a big 12 North school has won the big 12 tournament basketball tournament and it's played in their backyard. Granted, most of those have been Kansas and they've all also been really good those seasons. Last year was West Virginia though. Wasn't it? They've had West Virginia win it a few times. I think Iowa state as a five seed has won it. Iowa state's won it as a four seed before. Um, Kansas state has won it like outside of the top two so like Kansas. When they win it, they're usually top one or two seed in the conference. Um, big 12 North schools have had their, their say in the tournament past 20 years or so. Yeah. I, <clears throat> and there's some, some, some talk at least locally, like, well, let's, let's see if like, if that actually holds out, if we, if we move the tournament out of their backyard. Well, the good the good thing about Dallas is that if you're flying, at least almost in in if you're flying anywhere from Texas or the surrounding states of Texas, you probably have to go through Dallas, even if it's the wrong way. Mm-hmm. So it would be easy to get a flight to Dallas, that's for sure. I know that flying from Lubbock to Albuquerque, guess where you got to do? You got to go to Dallas first. If you're trying to fly to El Paso for whatever reason. <laughs> You'd have to go to Dallas first. So, I mean, it pretty much eliminates those type of flights. So I think that there's always some sort of ease of uh, travel to do that. I mean, that would be a lot easier than getting up to Kansas City. Because you still have to go through Dallas probably. Oh, yeah. Well, you would. I mean, I was looking at it because my friend and I really want to try to do a pilgrimage next year to go see Mahomes play. <laughs> that wouldn't be bad. And I think it's an 11 hour drive from Dallas. <laughs> I think, cause I thought, well, maybe I'll just meet him. Maybe I'll fly to Dallas cause that's where he lives. And then we'll drive together up there and then, Oh, nope. Let's just both fly and meet. <laughs> we'll just meet there. Oh yeah. It's, it's a ways man. Anyways, big 12 basketball tournament, Kansas city. Starts this week. Uh, like I said, Texas Tech will play Texas, um, probably for a chance of of a bo- postseason berth. Yeah, it, uh, it could be a lot riding on this to get into the NCAA tournament. Um, a couple of weeks ago, we didn't think that was you were it was even in question, and now it's like you probably need to win at least one game in the tournament, the Big Twelve tournament, to feel comfortable. For selection Sunday, or maybe not even comfortable. Maybe just, well, it's just like better. <laughs> Feel hopeful. Yeah, I I have more confidence now that we beat Texas. Yeah. Um. So yeah, they will. They'll play. They'll play each other, and then they will play whoever wins that game. Will play the winner of Kansas versus the winner of Oklahoma Iowa State. Yeah, which is Oklahoma. Let's just yeah, it should be. But that's that's tomorrow. Uh, nope. Nope. Yeah, it is. Uh, Oklahoma and Iowa State play on Wednesday, and so does who is it? TCU and 
Kansas, Kansas State. State. Mm-hmm. So they'll, those two games will be on Thursday. Um, but yeah, it, ho- hopefully Tech can pull out a win against UT, then probably face Kansas. <laughs> Kansas again. And, and if they do, that game would be Friday at 6 p.m. Yeah. And then we will see where Texas Tech lands in postseason. If they make the Big 12 tournament, sorry, not the Big 12. If they make the NCAA tournament, if they fall to the NIT, I don't, I don't want to consider them not making a NIT or better tournament. I really don't want them. I don't know. The, the student section was chanting NIT at at Texas. I know, and it may come back to bite us. Yeah, it may bite them in the butt. <laughs> that there. may be our our our. I kind of chuckled while they were doing it while I was at the game, but then I later on thought, you know, maybe that's not. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. Maybe that was a bad sign, guys. Maybe I shouldn't have done that because it was, gosh, it was, I don't know, first ten minutes of the game, or I know, it was definitely the first half. It seemed it seemed awfully early to be chanting NIT, and and the game was close the whole way. Anyway, y'all watch the game, y'all know. So maybe maybe pull that one out when you're ahead instead of down by ten. Yeah, but <laughs> you know what? Seconds left. A good way to secure that, though, would be to win. Yes. But you know what? With with home security, there's two ways you can go about protecting your home. That was a terrible segue. There's the traditional way, where you wait weeks for a technician to do a messy installation that costs a small fortune. Or there's the other way, Simply Safe. Simply Safe is everything you need in a home security system. It's award-winning protection two-time winner of CNET Editor's Choice Award. Simply Safe blankets your whole home in safety. You barely notice it's there. It's but that's what's <laughs> truly remarkable. You can set up the system all by yourself. I've, I've thought about doing it. I've actually thought about doing it. Anyone can do it. It takes 30 minutes to an hour, tops. Probably take me less than that because I don't have very much to, very many entries in the house to protect. There's absolutely no trade-offs to your safety. You'll have an army of highly trained security experts ready to dispatch police to your home at a moment's notice 24-7. It's only 50 cents a day with no contracts. No contracts. That's pretty huge. That's no a, That's contracts. a big deal. That's why The Verge calls SimpliSafe the best home security system. So go to simplysafe.com slash team today and you'll get free shipping and a 60-day risk-free trial. You've got nothing to lose. Go now and be sure you go to simplysafe.com slash team. That's simplysafe.com slash team. So, Michael. Yes. You ready to move on and talk about a little bit about, a little bit about baseball? Let's do it. Left field, well struck, Desloney picks it up on a bounce. He's racing for second throw. Out in second. Young lifts it to right field, looking for a second home run, and he's got it into his own bullpen. Perhaps and some time because all the tools are there. Wow, this one launched deep left off the bat of Warren and into the bleachers. There he goes. And the pitch is driven from deep to right. Kerstad to the wall. Off the top of the fence. Here comes the big foul. Cameron Warren's going to murder home from first. Throw the third is late. And the Red Raiders have reclaimed the lead. Pop 
All right, so we are already mentioned that Texas Tech drops a game tonight versus Mississippi State. Top 15 matchup on the road. Um, one of these games that definitely bolsters the resume, gets you ready, especially heading into to conference play. When you look back at your schedule and you're like, there's not a whole lot of good teams that we've played yet. You look at Houston Baptist, Northern Colorado, Southern, Florida Atlantic, UNLV, Rice. I think they're a combined like 10 for 100. Yeah, Rice was Rice had won two games before they came to Lubbock. They didn't win a game in Lubbock. They did not. <laughs> the way you phrased it kind of sounded like they did, but it, it got close, a little hairy. Uh, first, though, they, they hosted UNLV Tuesday, Wednesday last week, dispatched them, combined score 22 to 5. 11-2, 11-3, fairly ho-hum midweek series against an outmatched opponent. Nothing really concerning there. And then you get to the weekend, and you're playing a 2-10 Rice. Friday night, everything seems fine. You win 7-1. to Saturday, it was like the losing ways, almost losing at least for baseball, was contagious from the basketball. Like you went from watching the basketball game, you flip over to baseball, and you're like, we are down 7-0 to 2-9 and nine Rice. I know, and I, I'm trying to look up that inning because it, it seemed to happen really it was, quickly. It was, it was like I, the I, third I, or fourth inning it maybe. Was early. Um, let's pull this up real quick. Rice scored one in the first, five in the second, one in the third. So after three... You're down seven nothing. Tech scores one in the third, gets to seven one. Rice scores in the fourth, eight one. And then Texas Tech scores, outscores Rice, eighteen to four, to finish that game. You win this game nineteen to twelve. A really, really bad football game score. Yeah, it doesn't even sound right. I, I think. Uh... I was listening, and we'll we'll plug in more later. But the Dinger Derby podcast, Keith had a, some really good stats. I think on the day, Tech was batting a thousand when the bases were loaded. And I think the bases were loaded three different times, and then they were also oh man, what was the other? I think they were batting in the six hundreds when they had a runner in scoring position. There were several. He rattled off a lot of really cool stats, but those are the two that really stuck with me. And of course, I probably butchered them, but <laughs> whatever it was, it was incredible offensive performance. Yeah. Once once, Texas, once they got going, once they started scoring in the third, like I said, they scored one in the third, one in the fourth, five in the fifth, five in the sixth, four in the seventh, three in the eighth. Like once they started scoring runs, they they were putting crooked numbers up. Yeah, but I mean, they they trotted out six pitchers. Yeah, they did. Against Rice. Um, Bryce Bonin got the start, only goes an inning and two-thirds, which is not what you want to see from a weekend starter against a team like Rice. Connor Queen comes in, throws an inning, gives up two hits, one run, one strikeout, one walk. Eli Reekman comes in, also throws an inning, two hits, one run, two strikeouts. Sublette comes in, throws three innings. The longest guy on the day, um... He gets credited with the win. Two hits, one run, four strikeouts. McMillan comes in, throws an inning in a third. Brandon Hicks comes in and closes it out. I say closes it out like finishes the game with an inning. 
Yeah, he threw six pitchers on Saturday to get it done. 19 hits. Yep, Texas Tech. Plus. They allowed 19 hits on Saturday. And Ooh. scores 19 runs on 16 hits themselves. Yeah, it was it was a it was a um, a hit party. What are, what do you call it? Is there a certain thing? It's probably something. There's a baseball term I don't know. I was going to say block party because in basketball that's or not, Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> oh, the good block parties from Travis. That made me laugh. I miss those. All right, then come back Sunday, and you face something very similar. You get down four nothing in the first. Yep. Rice in the top of the first scores four runs. The Texas Tech answers one in the in the first, one in the fifth. Get it to four two. Rice gets it five, five two in the seventh, six two in the eighth, and then Tech scores two in the eighth, two in the ninth to send it to extras. And then you walk it off in the eleventh. It was really strange because they were talking about um, Rice had a. A curfew basically said no inning can start after three fifteen, so they had enough time to pack up and make their their journey home. Right. I remember hearing. I only caught the end of that. I think it was during the tenth inning while I was. I had to go to a birthday party. The birthday <laughs> party was at three, so I was driving over there listening to it. And of course, the little girl turned one, and she was like the cutest little thing anyway. But we were driving over there, and I could hear them. Well, you know, there's that curfew thing, but they weren't going into full detail because I'm sure they probably had 10 times previously in the broadcast. So I didn't know that's what it was. I was surprised because I talked to my friend there. Hey, did, did Tech win? Did, did you know? And he said, yeah, they won in the 11th. And I said, oh, I didn't know they were mm-hmm. playing past 10. Right. So going into the 10th, into extra inning, it sounded like they were only going to have enough time to play one. I think the 10th went quickly enough, like, okay, we can do one more. Um, Obviously, Rice was held scoreless in the top of the 11th. Um, Klein walks to start the 11th. TJ Rumfield comes in to pinch hit for Parker Kelly. And then Rumfield doubles down the left field line. Klein scores from second. Um, Sorry, Klein scores from first. He goes all the way around. Obviously, if you're you're a fan of baseball, you know that the team will mob the player that hits the walk-off hit. Rumfield is like, running for his life. By the time they catch up with him, <laughs> he's out past the center field logo. They had to go around the rice sit center fielder who's standing out there like, seriously guys. What are y'all doing? What are you doing? Like Rumfield is way out there, almost we've, to the opposing bullpen. We've won two games this year, guys. Come on. Um <laughs> that was pretty fun to see. You Tech goes five and zero on the week, extends their um their record out to sixteen and one. Um one of the better starts they've had in the previous few seasons. I went back and looked. I think they had a a sixteen and three start a couple of years ago. Um, they they drop like I said the, the game tonight versus Mississippi State. They'll play again tomorrow. Um, this past week though, Cal Conley was named Big Twelve Newcomer of the Week. Braxton Fulford was named to the Buster Posey Catcher of the Year watch list. And then your um your updated rankings. You're still consensus top five, obviously, after five and a week. <coughs> Baseball America held you at two. National College Baseball Writers Association had you at two. College Baseball Nation has you at two. USA Today moved you up one, got you to number three. Perfect game is number three. D one baseball number four. So of your big six, you've got two, sorry, three number two rankings, 
two number threes, and a number four. We should also mention that Saturday was Tim Tadlock's 300th win. Yes, it was. As the skipper. <laughs> the skipper. <laughs> I love that. Is that good baseball terminology? That's perfect. I'm working on it. All right, so like I said, they, they played tonight uh, versus Mississippi State, dropped that one. Um, I was listening to it on the way over here, uh, and it was like every time I, I, I checked back in, um, it was Mississippi State scored another run. They scored another run. It was like it was 1-0 Mississippi State, and then it was 3-0, 3 6-2. I was like, oh, crap. <laughs> Yeah, they just they kind of they started. Well, it was one zero tech until the bottom of the fifth. Mississippi State had three, then two runs in the sixth, then another run in the seventh, and Tech tacked a couple on in the sixth and the eighth, but lost six to three. So it was. I was trying to this. I mean, we're we're looking at this because we started recording. I think right before the game was over, right as it was ending. So I, I'm trying to figure out who all pitched, but I, I honestly can't. I can't figure out how to work this stat broadcast page to show me where everybody, who all pitched. Okay, TTU lineup. Pitcher. Nope. Nope, that's not right. This is great podcasting. But um, just, as Spencer was saying, you know, we, we play. Mason Montgomery started. Okay. Okay, you found that. I've got you. He went four four innings, there you go. gave up four hits, three runs. John McMillan came in, threw an inning in two-thirds, three hits, two runs. Eli Reekman came in, inning in a, in a third, two hits, one run. Hendricks, one inning, no hits, no runs. You had eight strikeouts on the day to four walks. You're still walking a lot of batters. That was one thing that you were struggling with against UNLV and Rice. You just kept offering, giving a bunch of free passes. Yep. Um, it's still kind of happening, but then you also have really high strikeout numbers. So it's you strike them out, or you walk. It's feast or fan with this this staff, and, and it's not like they're they're doing like they're doing all that poorly. I think the worst performance we've seen was that one third of an inning from Sublette um, against Rice, or maybe UNLV. I don't remember when it was when he gave up like a bunch and got pulled real quick. If I had my book, I could tell you. Oh man, bring your book. <laughs> I, I I am not watching every game live, but I'm keeping the book updated from the box scores. And it's actually, it's a lot of fun. It's really interesting to keep up with tracing this, this season. Um, yeah. So Mason Montgomery gets his first loss of the season tonight, drops to three and one. Um, on, yeah, four innings pitch though, three hits, three runs. Sorry, four hits, three runs, five strikeouts. And then I think you were held as a team. You had three hits on the night. That's not going to win. No, that's that's not super great. All right, like I said, you get the the Bulldogs again tomorrow evening at five. And then you come home and you start Big 12 play. You host West Virginia Friday, Saturday, Sunday, 6.30, 2 p.m., 12.30, respectively. Games can be found on TexasTech.tv or Radio Texas Tech Sports Network. 
Yeah, they're not. Those aren't. Well, and the, actually, the Saturday and Sunday games on West Virginia will be broadcast on Fox, Fox Sports. Sports Southwest Plus. You're right. You're right. I did see that. All right. Thanks for pointing that out. I see it now. Sure. Yeah. I I have tickets for games this weekend. I'm trying to figure out when or if I'm going to go. I would oh. love to. We'll see what's uh what's available. Because it really depends. Because Samantha's in grad school right now, um, trying to become a licensed professional counselor, be a mental health counselor. Takes a lot of work. Good deeds, yeah. But she's she's in her program right now, and nights and weekends are are not free. So, anyways, baseball this weekend start. I'm not sure where the allergies just came from. Like it just like immediately showed up and now my voice has changed. Um, Friday, Saturday, Sunday versus West Virginia. And then you travel to New Mexico, Albuquerque, take on the Lobos. I wonder if uh, that one player's mom is going to be screaming into the broadcast. <laughs> well, probably because don't they, they sit in the stands, right? Yeah. So when, when and Santa Ana Starfield when tech goes to, to Albuquerque to play New Mexico, the, tech broadcasters actually have to sit outside. And I think there's a player's mom that sits near that broadcast to mess with them. Yes. And she's screaming it like at them into their microphones. She's really obnoxious. Mama Mang. That's what it is. She's, she's got boys on the team with the last name Mang. I'm gonna look this up real quick. See if they still completely, completely and totally admire the professionalism on display by, Jeff Whoever's Hacks there, yeah, Jamie Lint, yeah, Hacks and Lint, and you know, maybe Gus if he's there. It's it's hard. It, it would be tough to to maintain any sort of level of professionalism <laughs> in that atmosphere when you're just outside with everybody and allowed in the wind, allowed fan in the wind and the, the sun. You never know. I mean, Albuquerque's like here. It may be thirty two degrees in Sleeton or eighty five, and still. Okay. Oh nope. There he is, Connor Mang. He's a redshirt junior. Oh, so they got two more years of this. Mama Mang's going to be on the broadcast. She may have another. She may have another Mang child. Well, see, I, I I thought they were I thought they were brothers. I think the older one may be gone now. Okay. M- maybe that's why it's it's been such a long time with her is because <laughs> she's already... had two sons play for them. She's she's redshirted a few times. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so that, that that's next Tuesday, Wednesday in Albuquerque. Um, obviously we, we did give you a little bit of baseball content. If you want even more, more well put together baseball content, definitely check out Keith Patrick Dinger Derby podcast, Spotify, Apple, Google play, all, all the good places for podcasts. You can follow him on Twitter, Dinger underscore Derby or at Keith B. Patrick Instagram, TTU underscore Dinger Derby. This last episode, he had a rice recap and a Mississippi state preview. He'll get you Thursday morning with a Mississippi State review and West Virginia preview. So be looking for that. One more thing before we move on to football. I have to give a T-ball update really quickly. We need that. I I have Little League in our notes, but it's T-ball, isn't it? Well, T-ball's a part of Little League. Okay, all right. I'll leave it in there. I have a friend who has four children. The oldest, youngest one is 12-ish years old. All of them have played baseball since like T-ball age. So he's been in and around 
youth baseball for something like 20 years. Um, and he's coached the majority of, of, of these teams. For some reason, I, I, he told me this, I can't remember, he, he's not coaching his youngest son's baseball team this year. But he's got this sweet setup. He's, he's got like a really big backyard. He's got a, a batting cage in the backyard and enough space where we can do, we, we, we can hold a baseball scrimmage out there. So tonight was the first, he, he opened it up and said, hey, if you want, come on over. You can use my backyard for practice. Tonight was the first night we did that. We were able to get, we had six batters going at the same time because we, we had one person in the batting cage going off the pitching machine and then a, a coach was pitching to him. And then we had other stations around, whether it was off of tee or like a soft toss. And then the other half of the team was working on fielding and grounding. I, I think it went really well. When's, when's your when's your first game? I don't know. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> um, historically, they start the week after spring break. So spring break in Lubbock is next, next week. Next week. Um, we probably won't practice, or we're going to have optional practices for those that want to come, probably very lightly attended. And then it's possible games will start for us on that Tuesday. So we really may have just one more practice left. Man. Whew. And I'm not nervous at all. Well, no. and y'all had, I mean, we talked about it last week, but y'all had some weather issues for at least the majority of your Tuesday practices. Today was probably the nicest Tuesday oh, you've was, had since y'all started. It was a beautiful day. Yeah. Um, speaking of weather, looking ahead, you know what's supposed to happen on Thursday? It's supposed to rain. It's supposed to rain. Yeah, I saw that. It's supposed to rain Thursday night. Now, I think I think it's late enough that we should be able to get a practice in or m- most of a practice in. Um, but oh my gosh, we still have so much to do. And I, I actually texted the group of parents and I was like, Hey, we had great practice night. We're, we're getting better. We're moving along. You know, what would really help is like 10 to 15 minutes a day at home. <laughs> like whether it's fielding grounders, or you, you throw it to them, you let them field it, you throw it back to you hitting off a tee, doing soft toss, whatever, 10 to 15 minutes a day, a lot more valuable. Cause that, that's about how much time we can give like individual attention. Yeah with a team of 13 five-year-olds. And it's probably really about as much attention as they can take before they get bored and want to do something else. Anyways, I still have to figure out a lineup, a batting order. I need to figure out where everybody's going to play. I need to find a catcher. Not that they are actually responsible for catching a ball. Um, and it's probably going to be one of our weaker players because they're pretty underutilized at this division, but they still need to be able to get into the gear, kind of understand what they're doing back there. Not get in the way. Read signals. <laughs> Give the defensive alignment when we got a runner on second. No, kidding. Gun down somebody at second. <laughs> Caught stealing. Yeah, that, that throw from catcher into, into second base, if it makes it to second base, guarantee you it's going to the center field. If not, it's going to roll, and they're still going to get second base, maybe even third. Gosh, I just, I just I have all these flashbacks about how terrible I was at baseball. We definitely decided tonight, like, we don't want the catcher to try to make the throw to first. Because if and when they miss that throw, or the first baseman misses the catch, that ball's going into outfield, the right field. Yeah. And that the runner is getting at least a third, maybe scoring. Like, No. If the catcher is fielding the ball, I want them back on the home plate to stop the play. Anyways, 
not nervous at all. Oh, you'll be I'm fine. Not, I'm not anxious. I'm not waking up in the middle of the night it's, with like... It's two weeks away. With one more practice that may get rained out. Yeah. <laughs> they got it. They're practicing at home. They're doing, they're doing their homework. You know, I would love to say that they're doing their homework, but I have no idea. All right. Anyways, let's, let's do a little bit of football updates and then close us out because we've gone really long the past few weeks and I know we're at 55 minutes already, but like that's short for us. It's pretty short to get through three sports. So let's talk about football. They go four up top. They throw the fade to Fasher. Caught. Touchdown. With time. Delivered. Picked off. Demarcus Fields down the sideline. Touchdown. Red Raiders. 97 yards. Harrell back to throw. Going deep down the sideline for Robert Johnson. And oh, he's my. got it. Touchdown. Oh. Robert Johnson. Touchdown. Red Raiders. Take a shot to the end zone. All day to throw. Over the top, Jakeem Graham. Touchdown, Texas Tech. Second down now. Deep strike. Got the big man. Country pulls free. And touchdown, Red Raiders with a second to go. Let the scoring begin. So playing that listen to highlights reminds me like I, I think emotionally I have probably higher highs and lower lows being a football fan than I do with my like number one sport, which I would say is baseball, which is strange. But I also, I also think like it's, it's also strange to think that we are as close as we're probably going to ever be to winning a meaningful, maybe a national title, at least competing for one. I think some of that has to do with just, and so we're just even keel, like, hey, we lost a game. Uh, yeah. We've got 40 more. I think we're going to be okay. Oh, I think some of it has to do with just the nature of of the two sports in general. Anyways. Like baseball is a little bit more kind of... I'd, you, you, you get some shenanigans in baseball, yeah, like, it's especially a, lower level, whether it's college or, or minor league. You'll get like rain delay dances. You'll get like strange pregame warm-up routines where they're chucking balls at each other's head. Yeah, it's it's a it's a different vibe, you know. Baseball's obviously it's a strenuous sport and it's it's a high skill, but it's there's just kind of a different vibe. It doesn't seem like do or die all the time in baseball, whereas in football it always seems that way, no matter what. I mean, if if you're one in ten, it's still do or die. You got to get out there, you know. If you're if you're one in ten in baseball, it's like ah, eh, you know, we'll we'll hit the ball around, we'll see what we can do, and. Same way if you're ten and one, you're gonna well. Let's hit the ball around. Let's see what we can do and try to. I mean, you know, it, it can get chippy and everything. I just don't. I don't know. I I think part of that just has to do with how it seems so much more pressure is applied on football because there's less games and just because of the nature of the sport, it seems like. So it rubs off on us fans, is what I was trying to get at. Um. Anyway, do we have? Is there any football? I mean, I almost feel like our there, I, Our intro is more than the actual football news we've got. I, I've, I've got one thing. It was it was from um, Coach Wells talking about, I, I think it was a, one of the first post-practice media availabilities. And he said this, and I, I'm going to give like a, a, not a direct quote, but like a, a paraphrase of what he said. And I'm just like, 
did, was that, did, did you have to say that? Like, was that just not an, an under, anyways, he said, Alan Bowman and Maverick McIver will take 90 to 95% of the snaps this spring. I was well, like, oh yeah, well, that's well, a relief. Who else is going to be back there to take snaps coach? Well, someone's taking five or 10 of them. Is it Logan green from level land or from Snyder Snyder? Well, he, he probably will be taking five to 10% of the snaps. Yeah. While Bowman and MacGyver are getting their arms wrapped and iced and <laughs> getting a drink of water or something. I, so he said that I was like, really? The two scholarship quarterbacks are going to take 95% of the snaps this spring. Wow. I'm glad we got, <laughs> glad we got that tidbit of information. Well, I can tell you who those other 5 or 10% won't be. It won't be Xavier current, Martin. current safety, Xavier Martin. I don't get it. So I, I, I do want to offer a correction. Last week we were talking about that um, hybrid player that we got with Keith Patrick's, not Keith Patrick, Keith Patterson's defense that linebacker safety position, the spur, the position? spur. Yes. Yep. Um, new defensive backs coach, Derek Jones actually wants that to be a cornerback, like just a defensive back position. Okay. Okay. That um, makes more sense. So more like a, like a, a true nickel corner that's coming in. Well, that was kind of how they mentioned it in that article, but they also called it spur. So I thought, well, is it, which one is it going to be? So I, I'm glad you found some clarification on that. And maybe because th- they were seeing that pr- that position play a lot more pass pro- pass coverage in the Big Twelve, probably. So they wanted somebody with a little more coverage skills than a, a linebacker. Yeah. But I, who was it? Demarcus Fields, I think, is, is getting a shot there first. Yes. Um, which makes sense now. I like it. <laughs> I like I'm, it. I'm good with this. That makes more sense. I mean, I I I think Jones is really. At least he's shaking it up. At least he's changing things. And we'll see if it's going to pay off or not. And it may also be because, the, I, we probably said this last week, but that the roster of defensive backs is just stacked with corners and no safeties. Yeah, so let's <laughs> you, use them. You can't spare a safety to play a hybrid position. Yeah, let's, no, 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 let's, you have to be in the back. Let's try to build a defense and maybe have five DBs all the time and just, just call it good. Anyways, no real football updates that are coming out. Like we're in week two of practice um, I think probably practice three or four already or getting close to putting on the full pads still on track for a early April, good Friday spring game. <laughs> Michael shaking his head, but you can't always hear that. There's some sort of, um, just weird. There's also some open scrimmage on a Saturday now. Oh, I'd love to go to that. When is that? Um, probably, I probably have a baseball game, so I probably can't go. Well, well I say baseball. Let's, T ball. <laughs> We're not playing baseball yet. Yeah, that's um, that's what I'm trying to find out. So because wh- I remember seeing it, because I thought almost thought it was after, because it didn't make a ton of sense. I thought it was after the spring game, or uh, maybe I have that wrong. Anyways, so oh, wh- no, I've got it. But okay. a- April fourth, eleven a.m. Practice number twelve slash fan fest. So the week before spring game. The Saturday before the spring game, yes. Shoot, so that, that's the day I have that church conference and I can't. I wouldn't be able to make it. I'll stream it for you. Yeah, Facebook Live from the <laughs> fans. I'll Facebook stands. Live it on one of those Facebook fan pages. <laughs> what channel is this on? 
Don't worry, guys. I got you. What channel is this on DirecTV? And I'm not going to tell you where I live or <laughs> what what package I subscribe <laughs> <Or> to. <laughs> like, I don't even have a sports channel. But is this on a channel I get? I can't find I this. I can't find this lacrosse game. This this, uh, this ACC lacrosse game. <laughs> I, I can't find it on on um, Dish. I live somewhere in the continental U.S. Maybe. <laughs> Keep guessing. <laughs> Tell me what channel to use. All right. So the other other couple of things, that there was a um, junior college defensive back committed to Texas Tech not long ago, Cameron Watts. And then uh, there's one more recruiting update I want to give. Um, graduate transfer defensive end Justice Reed from the University of Florida is visiting Texas Tech. And. I have a hard time saying, you know, turning my nose up to a graduate transfer from a program like Florida. Yeah. Cause you, you probably are going to get a player that a little bit better than what you've got. <laughs> Anyways, um, let's look, look, dig into this a little bit more. He is, uh, He's got four official visit official visits set up. Um, he's visiting this month. He's going to go to Baylor in April fourth, Virginia Tech on the eleventh, Florida State on the eighteenth. Um, he's a six three two seventy guy out of high school. Originally went to Florida, then then ended up at Youngstown State. So don't, he's not. He's not coming from Florida as a graduate transfer. Oh, well, that's kind of interesting. He, this is also interesting. He is getting, he's granted a seventh season of eligibility. He's an old man. This guy's got cheap car insurance. He's going to be 25 years old. <laughs> he could rent a car. That's great. Yeah. Anyways, um, that that's football. I, we, we're just, we're not getting a whole lot of news right now and it's, Seems very intentional. <laughs> yeah, it's probably probably very intentional. The, the updates we're getting from Twitter are like minute long highlight. No, I wouldn't say highlight. Like practice compilation video. Not really of anything of substance. They're guys with names on their jerseys that I don't recognize. It's like wow. Of the sixty seconds of content we're getting, we're getting a receiver that I didn't even know was on the roster. Cool. That's good. It's good. 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 All right, really quickly. Uh, going yard. I have not mowed again, although I should have. <laughs> no, he's he's trying to find a, pot, a spot to put his head down because he doesn't want to hear it. Um, backyard's growing, man. It needs to it needs to be mowed. The front yard is coming back. The it's not as um, as luscious as I would like it to be. I, I did post this that that uh, screenshot from Google Earth of my green yard with, oh, from the street <laughs> of everybody else's that was Bermuda and dormant. It looks like it looks Photoshopped. It, it does not look real, but definitely did not Photoshop that. <laughs> oh, I, I no, you, you were didn't. there. I believe it. I saw it. Um, the front yard's coming back a little bit. I, I put the pre-emergent. I actually like, I'm second guessing myself. I don't know if I put down enough. So anyways, um, more is always better. Well, so there's actually an annual limit on this this chemical, this product. I know, I know that's not necessarily true. They don't want it running off in our water. It's like you don't want to just water it till the 
you could grow rice either. <laughs> Although it's definitely some of the baseball fields around here are like that. They're marshy. It's like, we did not get this much rain. Like what is going on? Um, anyway, so that's, that's a thing that's going on. I'm, I'm moving into full swing spring lawn care mode. And I love it. Absolutely love it. I'm happy for you. I I don't think you no. really could care. <laughs> Sorry, I was really ready to get get on to questions. Um, because your your lawn is still it's not quite warm enough for the Bermuda grass to be fully awake. I watered it today. How about that? That's good. That's good. It'll help it come back. It'll warm up the soil a little bit. Yeah. Um, had some pre-emergent put down in February. Maybe a little early, but it's fine. It's fine. It'll, it'll, it'll stretch. Yeah. Cause it snowed like two days later. <laughs> the guy said, no, be sure and run your sprinklers, you know, a day or two afterwards. And I'm like, it's, it's 31. Cause you, cause you well, it's I'm because, not going to run it. <laughs> well, that, that's true. You don't want to run your sprinklers when it's freezing, but you need to get that into their soil. No, I know that. And I was like, well, hopefully the snow did it. Well, it, it was slow release. It's slaughter. very slow release. Yeah. <laughs> I, I could tell that when the snow melted, like, Oh my, my lawn definitely smells like, it's had pre-emergent applied, which it did four days ago. <laughs> yeah. All right. Sorry about all that. Okay. Um, let's let's do let's do questions. Now, are these really the questions that I was called here to answer? Who's in the box? Oh, what's in the box? I'm Ron Burgundy. Damn it! Who typed a question mark on the teleprompter? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. All right. So first question comes from the unmistakably worst food take contributor owner, the owner of the most con- most awful food takes, who contributes to saying the plains. <laughs> That's a mouthful. <laughs> Michael Labar. How excited are you about the new Brahms opening? He can't wait. You know who else is really excited about Brahms? Kyle. Kyle. Kyle's very excited. Um, I didn't realize that these guys grew up in Oklahoma um, and, and wanted to live there and, and be all about the state of Oklahoma. Texas's hat. But I do... The the thing with... I've only eaten at Brahms once, and, and I give him a lot of grief because... It's fine. It, I want I want to I want to <laughs> pretend like it's horrible but the one time I went it was okay it's just as I've said before they just don't know who they are they're like a dairy queen crossed with a burger king there's and a, and a grocery store and a convenience store it's it's, it's all like, of these things at once like pick one guys what do you what are like, you if you want to be a burger place be a burger place be, be a burger ice place. cream place and sell dairy products do that you want to save you want to serve flame broiled burgers that sure taste a lot like a whopper but are, look a lot like a dairy queen burger go ahead i i guess do that but you know i don't know i'm just i'm just not sure who who they are but uh i know there's one going in just down the road from from my house and it's getting closer and closer to completion and it's massive and my wife was asking me why are these so big i said because they're like a weird grocery store thing too is that the one that's like just south of 82nd university it's right next to chick-fil-a yeah yep. there's also one going at 79th in milwaukee so there which is almost open it's a lot closer bold strategy that we saw um jack in the box employee open multiple locations at the same time N- none of which are still open <laughs> zero 
I think they opened five, like, back to back to back. Oh, it was a lot. And they all have bit the dirt. All gone. Um... I believe this is a question for you, Michael. Do you plan on skipping whiskey cl- whiskey club due to the coronavirus? That was that was from friend of the show, Chad Hasty, um, and just friend. Um, he, he is a, an an enjoyer, a member of the whiskey club. Yes, I also frequent the whiskey club at oh, Gaslight. Nice. nice Gaslight. They have it about once a month on Thursday nights. And no, do not plan on skipping because I'm hoping others will. Mm. Vis-a-vis more whiskey for me. <laughs> I'm getting drunk. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just getting warm. Just getting warm and fuzzy. It's, it's, we're having Irish whiskey, which of course makes sense because St. Patrick's Day nice. the following week. So we'll be sampling all sorts of different Irish whiskeys. And that's coming up? Thursday. Thursday. That'll be this Thursday night. Do you, do you need an invite for this exclusive club? No, you just show up. Um, it's a really neat deal. At, that Gaslight does. You can follow their Facebook page, but you pay $25 for a membership, and that gets you for the whole year. And they have one, like I said, almost almost every single month, maybe every six weeks or something. So you've got a chance to go to 10 or 12 of these for 25 bucks, mm. and you get to sample at least four whiskeys most of the time. Um, and they always have some food to eat, just to kind of snack on, so... It's going to just load you without. Yeah. Alcohol. Yeah. Like, you're goodbye. Not, yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it's samples. It's not like a full shot even it's, it's samples of whiskey. So it's not like a crazy amount, but it's, it's great. Cause then they'll do different types. You know, they'll do bourbons, they'll do rye, they'll do scotches, they'll do Japanese whiskeys. Um, you know, obviously Irish is what is coming up. Blended's they'll do blended whiskeys, just Texas only, you know, and they kind of ask us, well, what do you want to do next? And someone will shout out something and like, all right, what do y'all think about that? And everyone goes, yeah, sounds good. <laughs> it's, it's it's great. So Michael's going to be partaking regardless of coronavirus. I'll be there. I'll have my mask on. Last question. Um, actually, not the last question. Justin Jordan, what are your thoughts on beating UT? We need to do it first. I think it's we... I think it's really crucial. It, yeah, I we, hate to you say definitely it. need it. Um, not confident in it happening. It could on a neutral site. I, I mean, things could go a little bit better. But I mean, how it's weird because like you did split with them this year, but you split on the road. Like both road teams won this year. Oh, and it was such odd circumstances. I mean, Tech we're was down nineteen on the road and yeah. won that game. And then Tech was ahead by one with eight minutes left and lost by ten. I mean, it just there's no those two games were really weird in a lot of ways. So I'm I'm hoping this is kind of an equalizing game. Both teams kind of play as well as they can. And I think tech has the better team if that's the case, but the thought uh, my thoughts on beating UT is that tech really needs to do it. Otherwise they're, you're looking at the NIT, you're looking at the NIT. That's kind of where I'm thinking. They've, they got three votes to be in the top 25 this week. And that was, I mean, that was after Kansas, but I mean, they're, they're you're still receiving votes, which is good. You're receiving you're, votes. I don't know who who that is. Maybe but, hopefully it's Carlos Silva or somebody or whoever has one at the AJ. <laughs> you're still top 25 in Haslametrics and Ken Palm. Yeah, like you you moved up a spot in in Ken Palm, losing to Baylor and and. Well, I mean, and technically you need to be to, what Kansas. top 68 to at least. Well, but that, that also has tournament. like all the automatic bids from conference winners. You're right, you're and right. um. But yeah, like you would think 
you're, you know, if you're, if you're flirting with, Hey, we're, we're top 25 in the country, but like still there's a possibility you don't make the tournament. It's kind of strange. Like there's the disparity between where some people are seeing you in terms of your peers, I guess. Yeah. And then like, well, when it comes to a 68 team field, you may not make it like, but we're, but we're pretty good. We're like 30th. We're really pretty good guys. Like the 30th best team. We don't make a team, a field of 68. Um, and then Red Raider Reset Man says, is this year's baseball team the best shot at a men's national title? And I will say 18 games in, it looks like you should be competing for, you should be getting to and competing in Omaha. Let's just, let's put it that way. Um, granted, you are maybe a third of the way into the season, so it's awfully early to be, say, projecting what you should be doing in three months. Um, but I think talent-wise, roster-wise, how it's built, where your strengths lie, these are the type of teams that compete for titles. They have strong pitching, um, you know, both starting and bullpen depth. They're dangerous with the bat. I don't, I don't have any question marks except for starting pitching, maybe offensive consistency, which is weird to say a team that like averages 13 runs a game, <laughs> but then you game, you get a game like today where you only score three or, Whatever, like you, you still the hitting to, has been so clutch, though. It's been usually, crazy, yeah. How clutch the hitting has been. I mean, we're talking bottom of the ninth stuff, bottom of the eleventh. You know, you know, walk off stuff. It, it's and the ninth at Florida State, where Drew Baker hits a home run to tie it. The well, the next innings at Florida State too, uh, and then against Rice, you had to score two in the eighth, two in the ninth, just to force extras. Yeah, and then you walk it off. Yeah, I mean, you got really clutch hitting so far. So far, and it, like I said, eight, 18 games in, it's still really early. I think for my seat, March 10th, you probably should be expecting to be competing in Omaha. I think so too. All right, Michael, let's, uh, let's wrap this thing up and talk about what we learned. What did we learn, Palmer? I don't know, sir. I don't know either. What do we learn, Michael? I learned that flying from Houston Lubbock now takes eight hours. How does that happen? Well, okay. <laughs> so uh, my wife went out of town to visit a friend, and she came back on Sunday. Flight was scheduled to leave at 9.15 and arrive in Lubbock at about 11.15 in the morning. The first plane she got on got hit by a van. What? Like one of the one of the ground crew. Someone on the ground crew hit it, and she said the pilot came on and even kind of said something like, uh, "Excuse me, folks. Uh, seems like we've been Struck. hit by a vehicle. Yeah, we're gonna go outside and take a look at it and see what the damage is." I mean, you know, typical. That was a perfect pilot voice, by the way. <laughs> I was like, I am on that plane right now, and and they that no one felt it, but it was enough damage that they said, "Yeah, okay, we can't we can't use this plane. Everybody off." So everybody got off the plane. Very full flight. It was one of the bigger planes, too. And they were said, okay, so your next flight will be in three hours. Ugh. So she'd been there since 7.15 or whatever. So her next flight was going to be right around noon. 
they get on that plane, they taxi, and then they are, are heading to the runway, and the pilot comes back on. And Allison's like, you can just tell he doesn't want to make this announcement, but he had to. Uh, folks, uh, <laughs> looks like we'll be heading back to the gate. Got a little bit of a maintenance issue. We'll have to get a new plane. <laughs> and so they had to they had to go all the way back. And Allison said the poor flight attendant was almost in tears because they were at the end of a three day stretch, and they were supposed Lubbock was their last stop, and then they were going to fly back to Denver, which is their you know home base or whatever. And so now this poor woman's working like all of this whole crew is working like it extra 10 hours mm. or plus and they're just they're just trying to get home too at this point so they deplaned for a second time and then got back on i think finally at three and she landed in lubbock at five when she was supposed to land at 11 a.m so it was a, a mere six hour delay <laughs> Good. That's awful, man. Gosh, yeah, that, that was that was not fun. But luckily, I was just here, and I, she was the one having to deal with it, and it was. Ugh. Yeah, I, I, stuff happens. I mean, it's part of it, but it's just still annoying when it happens. I'm learning that people um, don't know what the coronavirus is, and they're buying out like really weird stuff, like toilet paper. <laughs> My wife said that they're out of hand sanitizer, but they're fully stocked with hand soap makes no sense thank you for listening to the 23 personnel podcast and sharing our fandom for the texas tech red raiders you can connect with us on twitter at 23 personnel spencer at punt suck and michael at michael underscore lbk and find even more great content over on stakingtheplanes.com Help us out by rating the show and leaving a review on iTunes and subscribe on whatever channel you listen to podcasts. Remember to tell your friends about the show. The guys will be back next week with another episode. And until then, guns up and let the tortillas fly.